Hey everybody, Shane Presley with Rock Paper Podcast. Hey, I've got some very exciting news to share with you. Uh, if you haven't uh, seen the announcement on the Facebook and Instagram pages, I am proud to announce the 5th annual Rock Paper Podcast birthday show happening June 22nd at Broadway Oyster Bar featuring Amanda Fish Band, Tony Campanella, and Odds Lane. Uh, we'll also have some live art happening from a friend of the show, Jessica Hitchcock. That's going to be a whole lot of fun. Uh, so join us Saturday, June 22nd. Uh, it's a 10 o'clock start and $8 at the door. Uh, also coming up, I want to tell you about my show over at Naked Vine. This is uh, my singer-songwriter storytelling showcase and on May 14th, I'll be joined out there by my friends Karen Choi, Billy Krogan, and Tony Compton of Les Gruff and the Billy Goat. So uh, this is my intimate singer-songwriter storytelling showcase. Uh, again, all three artists sitting on stools sharing stories behind these songs. It's really, uh, these have been really incredible. So join us out there at Naked Vine in Chesterfield, Missouri. Uh, you can come on out there to Naked Vine this week with some great live music. Uh, on Thursday, April 25th, Adam Gaffney makes his debut out there. On Friday, April 26th, Bottoms Up Blues Gang. And on Saturday, April 27th, Big Mike Aguirre. Um, all this information and more can be found at nakedvine.net. Be sure to follow along on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, again, check them all out out there. Naked Vine, they're doing some really great stuff with uh, some live local music, plenty of wine, whiskey, tequila, and beer. Uh, it's a great little hangout out there. So check it out, Chesterfield, Missouri. I also want to tell you about my friends at Joseph Meyer Club. If you haven't checked it out yet, head on over to josephmeyerclub.com today and try out their brand new foaming aftershave. I've been using it myself, and I love it, and I think you guys will too. You can enter my promo code RPPJMC20 at checkout for an exclusive 20% off. Again, it's RPPJMC20, um, and there's always free shipping, so keep that in mind, and uh, be sure to tell them Shane sent you. Again, head over to josephmeyerclub.com. Follow along on Facebook for more details. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy the show. Have a great day. Um, the podcast is kind of like a, it's like a radio show that's not on the radio. It's on, it's on the internet. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> that's also like my mom. Uh, it makes it sound more confusing, doesn't it? Uh, it sounds like this. Hello, everybody. This is Pierce Krask, and you're listening to Rock Paper Podcast. Hey everybody, Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast, coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri, hanging out today with Pierce Krask. Welcome to the show, my friend. Oh, thank you for having me. This is uh, this is cool. I'm glad to be here. We're hanging out at your home, uh, and uh, this is uh, this is our first time really getting to hang out. I think we we spoke earlier about. I think we bumped into each other one night at. Oyster Bar, uh, yeah, uh, you play over there frequently, and yeah, uh, I'm over there a couple times a month, yeah. And I, I've been working the door now there for February is three years. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, this is our first time really getting to know, get to sit down and talk a little bit and get to know each other, and um, and uh, you have a brand new EP on the way out, uh, coming soon, so we wanted to talk about that, and yeah. uh, it just seemed like this is a real good time to sit and chat and get to know each other, so. Um, I guess um, let's start at the beginning, though. I kind of wanted to know a little bit more about you and some backstory. I guess uh, you uh, you grew up here in St. Louis. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I grew up in St. Charles. Yeah, and uh, I have family. I mean, basically, the rest of the family was here in St. Louis. You know, yeah. whatever. Like we were the, I guess my mom and dad were the people that packed up and headed west. Sure. Or, uh, right after they got married, for whatever, for better or for worse. And, uh, yeah, so I grew up out there, and, uh, yeah, you know, it was just kind of 
Like any other kid. Did they, uh, was music always around? Did they play? My, you know, my, my, my dad was a classical musician. Okay. Uh, not professionally, but uh, he sang in a, in a choir, uh, like an ecumenical choir for like 25 or 30 years. The St. Charles Choral Society is what okay. they were called. And I didn't much care for the kind of music that I liked. My mom liked a lot of country music. And, uh, and like old oldies and stuff like that. So, K L O U, right? Yeah, well, that's God, that might have even been before. Okay, K L O U, good times to, and great old Yeah, oh yeah, man, I used to listen to a ton of K L O U. Oh yeah, I, I love K L O U. And uh, so yeah, so he didn't really consider anything that that I liked, like real music. And he he is was very uh, very very talented. He could look at like I can't read music to save my life. But he could kind of he could look at a piece of music and tell you if he liked it or not, kind of thing just huh. by just by looking at the paper <laughs> and just I'm, yeah just let every, let your audience know I'm actually doing right. visuals sure. here on the visuals on the radio, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, but you know he uh, he had a great ear and and uh, he was a singer and played the piano, and so I he dragged me to these concerts these uh, you know the kind of the, the Handel's Messiah and the Mozart's Requiem and all that stuff. Right. It was tear-inducing at the time. I'd probably appreciate it now, but sure. But, you know. But yeah. My, but I liked, you know, my it was actually my grandpa, his dad, that uh, turned me on to like Chuck Berry and and uh, Willie Nelson and people like that. Okay. Yeah, that uh, I'm I'm kind of with you on that. I never never got into the classical music much, like. Um, Obviously, there's a couple pieces that I enjoy, but like my grandmother listened to a ton of it all the time at the house, and uh, yeah, never never was for me. It just put me to sleep. Just, but uh, yeah, I'm, especially you know when you're, when yeah, you're young, right? I sure. say I probably really, I probably I'd certainly need to dig in, dig into it, and, yeah. you know, and uh, educate myself. Right. I mean, yeah, I, I, that. I'm amazed by what, especially what they were doing. When they were doing it and stuff, and that that stuff still like holds up today. Oh that, yeah, you know, those oh, recordings yeah. and everything else, and uh, you know, so I, I appreciate it all. It's just always been mm-hmm. much more into rock and roll and and blues and, yeah, and everything yeah. else. So I'm, I'm the same way. Yeah. Well, you play. Uh, you play. A lot of your stuff is pretty bluesy, uh, and there's some, especially uh, getting into some of that slide guitar work and stuff you were doing, and um, that people are going to hear and. Uh, but uh, I'm guessing did that so all that Chuck Berry and Willie Nelson kind of lead you into the blues, or did you? Uh... Well, you know the, the the Chuck Berry stuff did a little bit, and then I was as I got a little older, I uh, became a big fan of the Allman Brothers. Yeah, man. And you know Dwayne Allman, and then like, you know I didn't obviously never got to see him with, with Dwayne, but uh, Warren Haynes, you know I really always loved his playing and the slide playing, and mm-hmm. and he was like the guy that really turned me on to the slide guitar. Yeah, I got. I know, yeah, obviously, I never saw Dwayne either, but I, I got to see Greg a couple times. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And uh, I can recall one night I saw him at uh, uh, the at uh, River City Casino. Oh wow! And he played. Um, and so he's, so he's sitting there at the Hammond, and he's playing, and then something's going wrong with the with the Hammond, and so he gets up and he grabs his electric guitar and he he plays. Uh, I don't know. Well, the next song whatever the next song was he played on guitar then instead so while he's over there playing guitar these two or three guys come out and grab the Hammond and wheel it off stage and then bring another one out and I'm oh like, wow he traveled with a backup yeah, Hammond yeah and I'm like Holy man cow. I was like I guess when you're Greg Allman you can't yeah, you, you can do that but, B3, yeah, yeah. right nobody else has a, a spare B3 <laughs> right, right. Uh, but yeah I was like and I can't I couldn't imagine like how heavy that thing is too like to like to lug around but they uh they they Made it pretty seamless. They, you know, they like uh, so he's, some pros. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. Was it their uh, first? Was it the first? Right. Uh, yeah. First time they had that mishap. So it was. Uh, it was pretty impressive to see. But uh, the other time I saw him too was at uh, Blueberry or not Blueberry. Uh, the pageant. At, at the pageant. Oh, and, I think I saw that. I was at that show and, probably about um, eight nine years ago. Maybe. Yeah. And then Devin Nallman's Honey Tribe opened up yeah, the show, yeah. which, was, which was really cool. Getting to see. Devin perform with his dad, so. And I can't remember the name of the guy, the guitar player he had with him at that show, but 
That guy was good too. Well, uh, Greg's band. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not I sure. can't remember the name, but he had an incredible tone and feel, and he was really good. But yeah, that uh, you know, that was another. That was a big one for sure. Went losing him because like oh, yeah. it was uh, there was so much of that. Um, brothers a big part of my childhood too. Like growing up, listen, dad played a ton of those. Allman Brothers and ZZ Top and Skinner and mm-hmm. a lot of that Southern rock stuff and so yeah, uh, we're very celebrated around my house. Um, but uh, but yeah, man, like I, that Dwayne's uh, slide work is some some of the best for sure. Like, oh yeah, so yeah. that's a good uh, that's a good person to learn from. Well, yeah, well, I understand. <laughs> to be inspired by it, yeah, least, sure. you know, yeah, right. just to start trying to mimic some of the licks that he was doing on there and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and golly, and he was just so young when he died, too. Yeah. 20, 24, right, when he died? Or yeah, 23 or four, something, something like that, yeah. 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 Uh, so when do you, uh, you kind of get into wanting to write your own stuff? When's that kind of... Well, you know, I, I kind of took lessons as a kid and didn't, it, you know, I kind of have a theory when you... Because it was back to my... My dad's like, well, you know, you got to take lessons, blah, 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 okay, and... And I, I took the lessons and for quite a while, and it just turned into work. And so and I put it down for a while, and I guess I really started to, like, want to write my own stuff. Uh, uh, probably not. I was kind of late later in life. Mm-hmm. I, I started playing gigs when I was in my mid-20s, and I used to drink quite heavily. And I was just kind of going from gig to gig, and you know getting drunker by the day and didn't really even think of it and then I kind of I sobered up and kind of it's like oh I should start writing my own stuff you know I was I was kind of like sometimes we made make stuff up on the you know from the stage or whatever yeah. or make up little funny songs or really some really dirty songs and some vile stuff stuff that would put like Jack like embarrass Jack Black or Jimmy right. Allen or something just um but yeah so I was actually it's funny story is I started really writing songs uh, when I was locked up. I was in jail for a while, okay. uh, just work release. But uh, I was in jail and I had a lot of time on my hands. And and the guys in my band wanted to start, you know, writing more original music, and, and we needed to make a record. And and so that was uh, 2003. And I just I started writing. Sure. Tunes. Yeah. And, and I, I always wanted to, but I could never really stop long enough and hear myself think, you know. It was, it was just kind of a cycle of, of uh, you know, wake up in the afternoon, go play your gig, get hammered, come home, pass out, wake up, blah, 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 blah. And once I, once I sobered up and had a little time to reflect, yeah, and the song started coming to me. Yeah, man. Yeah, I guess uh, I would, it would seem like you would... Probably have plenty of time uh, to write when when you're locked up there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Right. I was in uh, the St. Charles work release, and they let they let me out to play my gigs. Yeah. And I was waiting tables at the time too, like in a place in Webster Groves. But like the rest of the time, you're you're locked up, you know. Mm-hmm. And that time it was like, and I kind I don't know now from this day and age, they let you bring your phone in or not. Yeah, I've, I've, I, I don't know. But, you no know, this idea. is 2003, so nobody, you know. Sure. Not a, nobody had iPhones or anything like that, so. Yeah. But I, but yeah, like when you're just alone with the thoughts, you get got a lot of time to sit there and yeah. start writing that stuff down and put the pen to paper. Uh, well, we uh, so was any was any of those songs uh, what we're going to hear on the on, EP? On or? the EP, no, I no. actually put some of those uh, songs on a uh, album I did called Black Label about ten years ago. Yeah. Which I'll make sure you get a copy of that. All right. Uh, and that's about it. Yeah, that's all. They're all on, and they're on the band's first album. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, so all these are written pretty. Been, you said some of them have been around a little while now, but uh, oh yeah, the songs on the EP. Yeah. yeah, some of them have been around as long as like, well, the "Take You Down." I wrote that like the night that of uh, the Ferguson riots. Like oh, okay, that Sunday night, I guess. Right, that the the first Ferguson, which I think was a Sunday after, after it happened, mm-hmm. right? it happened on a Saturday afternoon, and so that's going on four four and a half years ago now, right? That was four, 2014, wasn't it? 
I'm terrible at time. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I, uh, I tell stories like they were the other day, and then they were, you know, 10 years ago and stuff like so. I do, I do the yeah. same thing. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, my frame of reference is way off with time, though. I, I don't know. I just keep just keep living life. There's, you know? a, there's, but, a, there's a girl that I actually worked with at CJ Muggs that came into my came into my gig a couple years ago now, and I'm like, hey, how's your baby? She's like, I don't have a baby. It's like, you you had a baby. Like, how's your baby? She's like, I've got a 12-year-old. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah that baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what... Right. But, uh, yeah, so... So you wrote this... Uh, uh, so let's go ahead and drop that one in. There, you Anything else you need to add around that? Uh, uh, no, it's just... I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to say that... Uh, this is uh, this particular song has pissed a few people off, so I, yeah. I never thought that I would get to that stage of of songwriting. So I'm I'm happy about that. Yeah, I mean I think that's uh, that's definitely a positive for me. I think if you, if you can write a song that invokes emotion, yeah, even if it's bad, I mean it pisses people off. Like you're doing something, right? Yeah, and, that's, yeah. and a lot of people like it too. Yeah, so sure. It's, but I think that's the the key to especially a. a I feel like you know you uh, talking about some of these some of the legends, some of the greats that have been doing it. You know, like most of them, like Dylan or whatever. But there was a lot of politically charged things that he wrote about, and he said things that not everybody could always go around saying and stuff. So right, it's like, right. uh, so it's good to, I think, as a songwriter, get some of those things out there, um, even if it makes somebody mad. Like, oh yeah, so. yeah, I'm. I'm I'm glad that it can move people, and they will say some people just absolutely adore it. So yeah, just absolutely love it. So. Another day you'll live to see 
breaks my heart to tell you that's not a guarantee that gun will take you down that gun will take you down that gun will take you down Well, that's, uh, this is all, you said um, you recorded all this with uh, R. Scott Bryant? Yeah, correct, yeah. yeah. It's all Horse Studios. Yeah, and uh, right here in St. Louis, so that's cool. To, what was that like working with him? Well, this, uh, we were supposed to do it with a guy named David Eisenhower, who was a, uh, Scott and David met through Cheryl Crow uh, in the early 90s. David ran sound for Cheryl Crow. And Scott was in her band. I believe they met through her. I don't, or they might have known each other before, but I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, David came to uh, a benefit performance that I played at at the Shave Duck a few years ago, and wanted to make an EP. And he actually was on tour, I think, with James Taylor at the time. He was the front of the house guy for James Taylor. Wow. And Paul Simon, and Bon Jovi at one point. So anybody good? Or? And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Julio Iglesias. <laughs> Julio Iglesias, I think, was his last gig. So he'd like he'd come off the road with Julio Iglesias, we working with Julio Iglesias, and then and I emailed him, and I'm like, uh, hey, you know you want to do this EP? And he's like, oh, yeah, we'll get on it. And then he, and he passed away. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so Scott and I decided that we would just do, the, do it anyway, and... We got to recording these tracks, just me and my guitar, and thought, man, this sounds pretty good. Let's just, let's go with it, you know. Sure. So it was kind of David who got the whole thing motivated to do it. Yeah, R.I.P. Yeah, yeah, it's a really, really sad story. Yeah. That, uh, but I do like the the approach um, to this, uh, the fact that it is more of a, more of a minimalist, you know, a yeah. acoustic kind of a... A record or EP, um, and uh, so I really liked what you, what it, the sound and what you got going on here. It sounded oh, really you. nice. Yeah. Uh, so we, uh, you will have that available for purchase. Oh yes, sir. On May 11th, and you were. This is just an evening with Pierce. That's correct. Yeah. It's, at, uh, at eight o'clock. Yep. I'm gonna do two sets, and we'll we'll have you out of there by by. I'm gonna stop at 10, and you can be home and in bed by 10:30 if there that's. You go. <laughs> Or wherever you want to go after sure. that. Sure. Yeah. And this is, uh, like I said, at the Drift uh, Driftwood Music over in St. Charles. St. Charles on 2nd Street. Yep. Yeah. 10 so bucks at the door. And it's, you can bring your own food and, and booze. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, uh, so kind of kind of uh, homecoming a little bit? Uh, yeah, a little of, bit. You yeah. know, I played there once before Yeah. and had some people from St. Charles come out. And uh, hopefully we'll have some come out this sure. time again. Yeah, that uh, sounds like a lot of fun, though. And uh, are tickets available, or is it just at the door? It's just at the door, yeah. Okay. You show up your your $10 bill is your ticket. There you go. And, and we'll, we'll, uh, pack, we'll pack them in, as many as we can. And you're doing, are you doing uh, physical copies for this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. So we've got physical. So I'll have those for sale. And then uh, afterwards, I'm guessing uh, online everywhere? Or? Uh, online, yeah, on uh, iTunes and uh, through CD Baby. and Cool. And wherever, and it might be up on iTunes already. Okay. So. Yeah, well, um, and I guess everything else they can head over to PierceCrask.com. That is correct. And uh, find all the other details. But yeah, come on out to that. Uh, like I said, uh, we got uh, five tracks on this uh, EP, and we're going to give you a little bit more of a sneak peek. We did do some live here at uh, your home, and uh, let's uh, let's play Dangerous Girl. This was uh, another fun one, kind of. 
kind of sang along too. Um, any, any stories around Dangerous Girl? You know, it, I, it's not as uh, uh, what's a salacious the word. I always, I always forget half of my vocabulary whenever I get in these kind of situations. <laughs> it's actually about you've met my cats. Yeah, and and we have a, a neighborhood cat that comes around and that was abandoned. Who's since been adopted by the neighbor a couple of, couple doors up. Yeah. And I thought it was a girl cat. Turns out it was a boy. But my wife and I were talking about bringing it in at the time, and and I was like, oh, I don't know. With our three cats in here, bringing this new cat in, it'd be kind of dangerous. She'd be she'd be she'd be a dangerous girl to bring into the. I thought, oh, that'd be a good name for a song. And so, and that's why. But so I turned it into kind of a booty call number. Yeah. And you turn the cat into a, turn the turn the boy cat into a girl and turn the girl into a human and uh, there you go yeah <laughs> so I, that, yeah it's better if you just put your own story to that sure yeah whatever you want it to be about. <laughs> Tell what's on her mind by the way she's moving her feet. She's a dangerous. She's a dangerous girl. She's a dangerous. She's a dangerous girl. Bathing in the moonlight, that sneer on her lips. That look in her eye and that sway in her hips. She's a dangerous. Dangerous. She's a dangerous girl. Tonight she's walking the walk of defeat, but she's still a dangerous. She's a dangerous girl. She's a dangerous. She's a dangerous girl. I do, uh, I do really like how uh, the way when you're playing, uh, you, you know, say you, she's knocking on the door and you do the knock oh, on, yeah, on the yeah. guitar and stuff like that. Just like it's just, uh, it's just fun to that kind of stuff. Those little, just little things they add to it. And yeah, definitely, definitely. Those, 
And every once in a while, I'll, uh, once again, I know your, your listeners can't see, but I'll do a little, uh, you know, a little knock on the back yeah. of my elbow or something like that. <laughs> right. That, uh, I was kind of thinking, uh, before you, even before you said that, there was that line, something about, uh, something about pissing or something. Oh, barking up a tree, she yeah. wouldn't piss on the floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's where, uh, that yeah. kind of made me think it was more of a, uh, your cat or something. Uh, yeah, you know. Kind of led to that. Threw, threw an animal metaphor in there to kind of <laughs> right. further confuse people. Right. Yeah. It would be pretty funny, though, if, uh, if she, you know, you're, this, this woman in the story uh, was was barking up a tree, though, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure that's happened to Right. That's happened to people. It might have happened to me in a past life a long, long, long time ago. <laughs> but, uh, Not recently. Yeah. That's another fun one, though, man. Like I said, I really dig what you're doing. Oh, thank um, you. It's a fun... Fun style, um, I is uh, but you you were saying you do uh, solo mostly uh, up here out solo lately, um, but you do occasionally do a band gigs. Uh, yeah, my band's called Falling Martins, and we just had our 18th anniversary show out at the Naked Vine. Yeah, man. And we recorded that for a live record. Okay. And wow, uh, a lot of the songs, we did a live record about 11 or 12 years ago that sold pretty well. Uh, live at the old rock house and so we wanted to do another one and so most of the songs are going to be on this new one are going to be songs we haven't recorded live before and we have a couple that will just be brand new we've got one called chippewa camaro which is also pretty funny yeah uh yeah and, uh i remember um plugging that show on, on here uh brian's been sponsoring my show for a while but oh, yeah. i didn't put it all together that oh uh, yeah. that you're also in falling martins uh so now i know yeah uh, yeah we'll put, put it all together i need to do a falling martins uh right. podcast there you go. and the bass player in our band rich has got a uh, project that he did a few years ago called memorexica and he put an album out and that uh they played the heck out of it on kdhx when they first came out. It's got mm -hmm. some really cool songs on it. Rich has kind of got this Lou Reed kind of vibe to his voice, this kind of talk singing kind of thing. Okay. It's really cool. Yeah. Say, so, hey, girl, take a walk yeah, in the house. Yeah, that, that, that <laughs> whole thing. All right. That, uh, well, you are, you can be found also, uh, like I said, I've mentioned in some of your solo stuff, you can be found every Tuesday at uh, the Shaved Duck, right? Uh, yep. Yeah. And 6.30 to 9.30, that's more of a dinner a dinner kind of gig. Yeah, I haven't been over there, but uh, oh, the food's I, great. I hear, yeah, I hear really good stuff. Uh, I know Eric, Eric Lysa plays over there, and uh, and he talks about it a lot too, and how. So yeah, uh, quite a bit of my friends have been frequent over there, so they've been. It's I'm, I always like that kind of stuff to see that local businesses are supporting a lot of my oh, my yeah. friends and local music too. So yeah, and Allie, the owner, is a great musician too. On top of it, yeah, yeah, we just. Uh, I just went up to Iowa with him actually to play at a place that I play at every every once in a while up in Fairfield, Iowa. And, uh, this place is cool. It's called Cafe Paradiso. On Wednesday nights they do like an open mic night, but at the end of the night they do a 45-minute feature slot. And and I emailed them a few years ago asking if I could play the feature slot, and they're like, "Oh yeah, come on up if you want to come up and do it." I'm sure, whatever. <laughs> and so I did that. And I brought my friend Mick with me one time, and then we brought Allie, who's the owner of the Shaved Duck, with us. And they all, both of them wound up getting feature slots, so we do that every once in a while. So yeah, so just last Wednesday, Allie and my friend Mick and I went up, and Allie did the feature, and it was cool. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, it was cool, yeah. Did a bunch of his own tunes, and then brought us back up. And we actually brought a guy named Matthew Van Doren, or Van Doren, I'm sorry, I don't know if you know him. I don't believe so. He's a guitar player around town. Uh, he was uh, he was out in L.A. for a while, but anyway, we all went up there and had a good time. Did some Tom Waits songs at the end. And, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, man, he's another one that just such a, a, a brilliant writer and uh, and such a unique voice for oh, sure. Oh yeah, you know yeah. I mean? Like it's uh, but that one, the Heart Attack and Vine is the one that's like one of my favorites for sure. Just. Every time it comes on, i got to crank it up. Yeah. So. Didn't Screaming Jay Hawkins do a version of that song? Too? I don't Probably. Know. I know a couple of people don't know yeah. But, like, I mean, like, just the, there's a, his version I really like. And then, like, um, but the line where, uh, 
there's no devil it's just god when he's drunk and like it's just like <laughs> such, such a great writing in there oh, too. Yeah. So, um i think uh one of my first actually introduced to me i think was uh through Moreland and Arbuckle. Uh, they were friends of mine from Wichita area. Oh, really? And they were playing, uh, they would come play Beale on Broadway a lot. And I've they, heard them on Sirius, I yeah. believe, quite a bit. Yeah, they're great. I mean, like, real, uh, they were kind of just a three-piece blues uh, band, and, and they were really great. Like, uh, a lot of um, Aaron Moreland on slide guitar, played a lot of, like, cigar box guitar stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, played lead on all that, and then uh, Dustin Arbuckle on harmonica and vocals, and they always had their drummer with them. And but yeah, really good stuff. I think, and I think of like even with you know some of, some of your stuff would kind of blend with theirs because you know, I know you do some harmonica work too. And yeah, so, yeah. But uh, I love that that mix of some slide guitar and harmonica and all that, and, like bringing it all together. But yeah, anyway, check out more than Arbuckle. They they've since uh, split. Um, oh, I don't I don't know if Aaron's got a new group going, but Dustin has a group called uh, um, Ar Dustin Arbuckle and the Damnations. Oh, okay. And, and he's been making some noise with that band right now. Like they've been uh, picking up some steam. So very cool. Yeah. So check that out too. Um, so you're uh, Tuesday every week Tuesday at Shave Duck every Thursday. At Sasha's on on Demon. Yep, on Demon. Demon, yep. uh, and they're in Clayton. Yeah, and that's so, from nine to midnight. So a little more to the late night run there. Yeah, um, but yeah, you can come. Like I said, you can find all this information PierceCresk.com or Facebook, and uh, new to Instagram, right? You said. Oh yeah, just yeah. got on it at the beginning of the year. So I'm trying to, I think. Uh, like I said, I think it's fun on there. Like, it's. There's still a bunch of junk sometimes, but not. I don't think there's as much junk as Facebook and stuff. So, it seems to yeah, be and definitely not the seems to be a little more effective. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you said you had uh, recently had a uh, some of a, a famous. Uh, oh, Joan Osborne run. liked one of <laughs> yeah. my quote. Po oh yeah, like yeah. one of our videos we were doing. Uh, the band was playing when we were at the Naked Vine, uh, Highway 61 revisited the Bob Dylan tune. And so I posted a little minute-long clip of that on Instagram, and and I guess I did a hashtag Bob Dylan or Bob Dylan covers. Yeah. And it turns out, I guess, that she, a couple years ago, did a Bob Dylan covers record, and I think she's still touring on it. Okay. And so maybe, I guess it just popped up in her thing, and yeah. Yeah. So I that was cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that stuff's... Uh, one time on, uh, on Twitter, I... Uh, I listened to a show on uh, Sirius XM uh, on 90s on 9, but Mark McGrath said, tweet at him, let him know what you think of the show. So I did, and, you know, of uh, Sugar Ray fame. Oh, yeah, in the oh, 90s. yeah. And I, so I retweeted out, and he responded, and, you know, he's like, hey, thanks, brother, and stuff, or whatever. <laughs> and it was like, I don't know. It was just, it was again, it was just a very simple interaction, but it was it was still kind of cool to, yeah, you're to always... know that Mark McGrath wrote back to me or whatever. So yeah, that's that's very cool. Right. So that's the fun about the internet. There's there's definitely a lot of other uh, stuff, but you know, it's just fun to when you have that kind of those, you know simple thumbs up from a from somebody like right. that. Like I still get freak you know freak out a little bit when I get stuff like uh, when Steve Ewing likes my stuff or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, just because. It's crazy that we're friends now, and I've been a fan of his for a long time. Right. And stuff like that, and like, still cool to me. You're always kind of shocked when you when you realize that oh, these are, these are people. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, cow, you sure. know? yeah. You know? Yep. <laughs> you know? Oh wow, he eats and goes to the bathroom. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, I'm always kind of you know fascinated. <laughs> wow, who knew? Yeah. <laughs> when I, whenever I meet a celebrity or or someone that I sure. admire. Yeah, I try to be. I try to keep it cool, but I try, uh, inside sometimes I'm I'm kind of freaking out so, a little bit. Yeah. But um, I've been fortunate enough to record with a lot of uh, a lot of pretty big people like that, and I, you know, I just that's that's my move, trying to play cool as long as I can, and like try not to try not to fan boy out too much. Right. Right. Yeah. I <laughs> so, try to do the same thing. Yeah. Right. Um, you uh, you ever get to meet any of those uh, heroes of yours? Uh, well, you know. Uh, I'm a big fan of Chris Smither. I don't know if you've ever heard of Chris Smither. I don't believe so. But he's a uh, uh, folk blues singer-songwriter. He's been around since the early 60s. 
and he's written a couple songs that uh, Bonnie Raitt's made famous. Oh, nice. And he's from New Orleans originally, but works out of Boston now, lives in the Boston area. And I think he has for a long time. But he celebrated his uh, 50th anniversary of, of songwriting, and, and he did that just at the exact same time that my wife and I kind of got engaged. So it was a, as, a, as part of his anniversary thing, on the internet, he was offering like this different different levels of merch, right? Like you could get the, a bunch of artists did like a retrospective CD, and he did a retrospective CD, a book of lyrics and so on and so on. And you could go on, on up, right? You know, you could buy the one CD, or you could buy the two CDs or the two CDs in the book or the two CDs in the book and the DVD. Yeah. And the deluxe package was uh, the two CDs, the book, the DVD, and an hour-long lesson oh, yeah. where he came to your house. And so he did that. You know, like, <clears throat> and obviously it has to be, a, you know, a place convenient in his touring schedule and whatnot, but he was playing at the focal point. And uh, my wife booked the, the lesson, and he came to my house, gave me a guitar lesson. Yeah. And so that was cool. That was, yeah, that's super cool. And yeah, once again, it's like, you know, can I use your bathroom? <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Chris Smither uses the bathroom too. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he's he's great. Check him out. It's a much like the same kind of vein. That's where I picked up the, the foot stomping thing. He, he does a whole thing with it. When I, I'm sure he picked it up from some old blues guy. Yeah. Uh, but, with, you know, he brings a piece of plywood to his gigs. Sure. And he's got the shoes and does the whole thing and he's, he's really good yeah I, um, uh, Patrick Sweeney the, another favorite of mine he's kind of in blues rock uh, yeah, stuff yeah. but he I've seen him do uh, solo acoustic stuff too and he usually plays like with a stomp box kind of thing puts mm -hmm. a mic under there and he plays with his and he you know he keeps his uh, time like with that but it's also like having a almost like having a drummer with him you know yeah and it's it's really cool right. and I've got I've got one of those stomp box things that I use sometimes like especially when I in a louder room or right. whatnot but it's it's cool like if you can kind of dial those in and get a get a, a almost like a kick drum sure. thump All right out of it you know yep. Boom. And it's really cool too because, like, when you're playing solo, you can, like, you know, like, if I'm just doing this in the middle of a song, you know, but if you got that, right, you know, it, it, it almost it creates a space to, to do this little single line thing sure. so you don't have to, you know, yep. do that kind of thing. It, it creates a neat space in the song and. Yeah, it's like, it's like you can dial it in and make it sound like a drum and right. Yeah, I just uh, I think that stuff's cool. And then there's another guy I follow, um, Lincoln Durham, and uh, he actually plays like he's got two kick drums that he uses. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's got like a tambourine or some shakers, different stuff on there. And so he's like plays that with his feet and does her, like a guitar or a banjo or a violin and wears like a monica around his head and does like Golly. the whole full man, one man band type of thing and like uh and that stuff blows my mind i'm like Dude, I, yeah i can't even play one of those things and you're playing like six at the same time it's like and singing and it's like but uh yeah he's uh he's another fun one to watch and I, on one of his guitars he wrote do not does not play well with others so right. it's like, <laughs> it makes me laugh just because so um but yeah, there's a couple of guys I would definitely uh, recommend checking out if, if you're into looking at some new oh, music. Oh, yeah. Uh, but let's drop in another live one we did down here uh, at your uh, at your home, and this is called Brand New Cairo Blues Part 2. Right. And this uh, finishes out the, the EP, and uh, one of my, actually, probably my favorite, because like I just love that slide sound, so... Uh, and this one, you you use your, uh, uh, what is that a steel guitar or? Yeah, it's it's uh it's this one's a, it's a replica of a national, uh, I think style one. Once again, once again for your listening audience, yeah. I picked this up to present it to the microphone as right. if as if people can see it. But it's it's uh yeah, it's it's based on a national style one, and it's a it's a tricone resonator. So yeah, you can yeah. call it a steel guitar. I think if you're going to be super technical, you'd call it a resonator guitar, sure. so not to confuse it with like a a lap steel or sure. a pedal steel or whatever. 
and uh, you know some people call it a dobro. I, when I think of a dobro, I think of a wooden guitar with the big one circular, sure, the single cone, you know. But yeah, that's what I mean because I've seen uh, there's other various forms of resonators too, and that, so that's why I was that's why I was kind of thinking about too. But uh, I didn't realize that. And, and I believe Dobro made these as, as well. These yeah, I don't. Guitars. And that's that's why I like doing this because like I don't know, I don't know nothing about guitars, so I like learning from people that do know stuff about them. So have you, have you had Brian Curran on your show? Do you know Brian? Uh, I know Brian, but I haven't had uh, had him on the show oh, yet. Well, yeah, you want uh, that? Yeah, talk about a historian sure. of of oh yeah, and a monster player too. Yeah, player and super nice guy. There's a whole list of uh, guys like him that have been. <laughs> Been waiting to get on the show and mm. stuff, but uh, but yeah, he he's another one for sure. Yeah, that's a, the tricone resonator, and I have I have a single cone too, and it just for some reason, and that one's actually a national. This one's a, a like a Japanese knockoff or something. It's a Johnson actually, so I call it my big steel Johnson. <laughs> but uh, for some reason, I don't know if it's just this complements my playing style better. Uh -huh. Like the, the single cone, it's a little more of a blaring kind of sound. I, I don't know if it's just these three cones, they kind of work in har harmony, or not harmony, but you know what I mean. Sure. They're a little, it's a little sweeter, mellower tone than the single cone. The single cone actually like makes people irate, and not in a, not in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, blam, blam, blam. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's about it, but actually, I'm using the single cone on one of the tracks on the EP, so okay, I'll bring it out to the well. And again, people can't see, but we are surrounded by a ton of other guitars and cases and stuff. Like, so I'm guessing you, you're quite the collector, uh, yeah. I, I consider myself a player collector, yeah. so they're all uh, all the guitars here are player grade instruments, so I take them all out, sure. Uh, I've got one that I just wrote a song about, but. I should have brought it out to play, but anyway. I found it on Guitar Center's website, and it just said uh, Vintage Martin, whatever, and the price was really good. And so I just I just bought it, you know, and it was the kind of guitar I wanted. It said Martin 121. And I took it to John Higgins, who's a guy in town, and uh, Luthier in town, another great musician too, and he fixed it up for me. and. I've been playing it out at the gigs, and my wife and I went out to uh, Nazareth, Pennsylvania, back in September on our vacation. And so this guitar doesn't have a serial number, like, this, and I knew that some Martins didn't. I didn't know much about it at the time, but I knew some Martins didn't have a you know serial number. I thought, oh, okay, so I grabbed my phone and did a little video tour of the guitar. Took the strings off, went inside it. I thought, well, when we're at the Martin factory, I'll show this to somebody there, and maybe they can tell me what year it is. And so we got there, we took the tour, and you know, and I told the lady behind the desk, the reception desk, I said, you know, I've got this guitar, it's on my video here. She goes, oh, I'll call, I'll call somebody out to look at it, you know, one of our guys who's will be able to tell by looking. And so he came out and he looked at the video and all this stuff and looked at it and said, okay, he was. Yeah, it's a 70. I'm thinking, 70? Yeah, it's a 70. Yeah, this guitar is older than 49 years old, dude. It's not a 70. He goes, no, 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 1870. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I still take it out to the gigs. I play with it, and, but yeah, it's a, it's a, uh, the oldest one I got, and it sounds awesome. I should have. I should have pulled it out and played it, but I wanted to. I did want to play. The guitars that are on the EP sure. when I played the live stuff, so, yeah. <laughs> That's funny, though. Yeah, it's, and he just was not the least bit, yeah, it's a 70. <laughs> oh, All right. You know, anybody else, they'd, they'd actually be handling sure. the phone gently, like, gently give the phone back to you. Yeah. <laughs> even just a picture of it would freak him out, yeah, it's a 70. <laughs> but you, that... That's a neat thing. Even if you're not a guitar player, sure. that's a cool, the Martin Factory is. Yeah, definitely. It's a really cool tour. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I would like to do that. That'd be fun. Um, I don't do much traveling. I, it's something I there's a lot of things I'd like to get out there and see. I, right. I, I wish yeah. I had more time to and money to get out there and travel and see the world and stuff. But uh, yeah, maybe one of these days. Well, I, I didn't know a whole lot until uh, I met my wife, and we've now been able to, you know, budget time. Sure. 
to do it because I, you know, for a long time there, I was just, I was very lucky, I guess, to have so many gigs here in mm -hmm. town. I just, it's hard to get out of town and you're yeah. in somewhere every night. Right. You ever heard that story about that um, Hateful Eight movie? Oh, yeah. With that guitar? Yeah. This was probably a similar, I think that one was even older. I think that was from the 1840s or something. Something like, yeah. I don't, yeah, they, that was. It was like, according to anybody that hasn't heard the story, I guess they, it was like on loan from. It was on loan from Martin from yeah, their museum. Yeah, and they had some kind of million dollar insurance or something to cover it uh, while they had it out. And according to the story, which is, for me is really hard to believe because you, you think if it cost that much and that was that rare that they would like hired somebody to like, you know, their sole purpose was to handle that yeah, guitar, you yeah. know, kind of, I know accidents happen either way, but, <clears throat> but according to the story was that, uh, they like, uh, was, who, uh, was Quentin Tarantino was the director. Right, I, I can't remember the actor that grabbed the guitar and smashes it, but... Oh, it was, was it Kirk Russell? Kirk yeah, Russell? There, yeah, Kurt Russell, yeah. And he, uh, so he smashes the guitar, and then it was supposed to be swapped out for a replica for the shot, and he actually smashed the real guitar, so, like, all the reaction on their faces all, like, Right, on the real. other actor faces, yeah. <laughs> yeah and that, so, and that, those were real reactions. Yeah. Who was the girl? Was it Selma Hayek? I don't remember. Well, she was the girl that was playing it. Oh, yeah, but he came in and grabbed it. And yeah. It was a real reaction. Right. So, anyway, that's, uh, that's a pretty crazy story, though, to think. Yeah. Like, I imagine Martin doesn't loan any more guitars. I don't that. think they do. I think, I think that actually <laughs> right. caused them to yep. instill a policy that they don't, they don't loan them out anymore. Understandably so. Yeah. But, anyway, uh, I think that was a, a long intro for, for the song we were going to get into. Uh, Playing, uh, playing your your track, uh, oh, brand new Cairo brand Blues, new, yeah, yeah. Uh, which, uh, like I said, one of my favorites for sure. Uh, is this was this based on uh, any Cairo, Illinois, or yeah, yeah? So I I was out riding my motorcycle, and I was down around Cairo, or the, you know the, the, they call it Cairo. Cairo, yeah. Uh, like you know Versailles, Missouri, or Vienna, yeah. Illinois, right? And I. Remember that you know Henry Townsend had a song called Cairo. Yeah, and I couldn't remember it, so I'm like, well, I'll make up my own Cairo. You know, I'll just do that, and that'll be fun, and well, you know, everything will be fine. And so I, I kind of started making it up on my motorcycle, and I got home and I finished it up, and I thought well, that's a nice, nice little blues tune. I'll call it the brand new Cairo blues. Oh, I better Google that first, and about. 300 people beat me to brand new Cairo Blues. That's no, no, no problem. I'm a creative person. Cairo Blues Part 2. <laughs> I made the mistake of Googling that. Yeah. Only about 150 people beat me to that. So I said, brand new Cairo Blues Part 2, and we're not going to Google anything. There it is. So, <laughs> All right. Yeah.
Zero Town. Going down, down to Cairo town. I ain't back by the morning. Then I won't be coming back around. And it tells a little story, you know, and, and kind of a vague little story, which I kind of like. And I, I was going to make it about a different town and all that, and but I just kind of like the way it all sounded. And it gets a great reaction from people, and people really like it. And yeah. I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of anything that might make somebody go, uh, and I don't intentionally do it, or, and I don't think I have a lot of instances where I've intentionally done it, but... K. Roll Blue, you mean like Henry Townsend? You know, and then that might make somebody else go, who's Henry Townsend? Sure. You know, this is the way people love to, people love to uh, rip on Clapton or the Stones or whatever, or, you know, and, but, oh, he's Crossroads, Eric Clapton song, it's a Robert Johnson song. Well, you know, now you've, now we've brought up Robert yeah, Johnson when sure. maybe we wouldn't have before or something like, you know. So, yeah, it's a little, you know, uh, sure. Tribute to Henry Townsend. I don't know if you ever got to see him perform or not. But no, but I, I know uh, Alonzo's become a good friend of mine. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. I, he, he's been on the show, and we shared some stories about his dad. So it was very, yeah. it was very cool to kind of get him firsthand from him. And uh, But I, I never met him or saw him play. I saw him at, his, I guess, his 96th birthday party, which I think was his last one, at uh, BB's. And, yeah, it was, it was him and Robert Jr. Lockwood and... You know all the all the St. Louis blues luminary, mm -hmm. St. Louis blues music, blues musician yeah. luminaries. There weren't hockey players there, <laughs> right? So. Uh, yeah, that's uh, there's a long history of great St. Louis blues around here, and that, that's what was funny. My buddy was like, asked me one night, and I, he goes, "Hey, is there any good blues around?" Like I'm like, we, mm. we named a whole hockey team after, right? You know, I was like because like it's it's such a you know rich history of St. in St. Louis here, so yeah. Um, but the same thing, like you're saying, like you know, educating through that song. I mean, I, I've been trying to do that myself. You know, everybody, you know, and they, granted, they they're good at what they do. They're, but like groups like Led Zeppelin and stuff, like you know, I'm like, yeah, well, if you like that, you should check out the originals. That, right. You know, yeah, like, like Willie Dixon. And, yeah. Like, yeah. So like Muddy Waters and yep. If you and that's the thing, like there's all that stuff you can kind of learn. A, it all in reverse, you know, you can kind right. of like, well, these guys were influenced by them. You can go back and look, listen to that stuff. So yeah, and it's all, it's all, uh, it's all tied together. Yeah. You know, it's all, it's all floating around. But I there. love, I love, like you're saying, just kind of getting that conversation going. Yeah. So that's very cool. Uh, but that, uh, that one, I, I, I was thinking even, uh, kind of going along with what you're saying too, is like, uh, I was wondering, do you ever like kind of, uh, mash them together or anything? You ever like, when you're playing out live, do you ever do a lead into another song? Oh or yeah, I'll do I'll do that on occasion. Yeah, because uh, of course when you're saying uh, uh, stuff like uh, when you're talking about going down, like I, I think of uh, um, Freddie King going down, yeah, down, yeah. down. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I just uh, that's where my mind goes. You know, it's like right. I, just, I just think it'd be kind of fun to mash them together a little bit. You know, having yeah having a little play on that. Yeah, uh, that's where you know. Like I said, there's, that's all that goes through my mind is uh, different songs and stuff. So yeah, I, I sometimes will do that. We'll throw a little, yeah, you know, other other songs in there, songs that are, uh, uh, you know, influenced. Or I saw a clip on YouTube of Richie Sambora uh, from from Bon Jovi, because you know, I remember when. Uh, wanted Dead or Alive came out. Right. You know, that's friggin' Midnight Rider, you know? <laughs> right. I'm a cowboy on a steel horse I ride, and it's the same key and everything, but, you know, and it's like, it's like you know, it's like...
or dead or alive. And anyway, I saw him do that. Yeah. So like that. he like like was intertwining the two just to like to which was cool to say, hey, you know, I'm well aware that sure that we uh, were heavily influenced by by the Almond Brothers when we yeah wrote this song about a guy riding through the night <laughs> yeah on a, on a, you know sure yeah he yeah. Uh, uh, there's there's a lot of them I mean I also, oh, yeah, obviously yeah. there's only so many chords and you so know, many chords yeah. and so many progressions right. and and it's been going on for since the dawn of time you know and and, and you know I have a theory too that you know that recorded music has only been around for what 100 115 years or mm -hmm. something like that and who knows what was happening you know before people could commit things to record and and the money you know money started to get involved sure. you know so yeah yeah man there's a there's a lot of that like um it's just funny too like how many people don't even know like they're just kind of don't even think about it you know right right and, um but uh, another big one I always think of too is uh, Big Mama Thornton's Hound Dog mm -hmm. and stuff, and like I mean, all like all that stuff from Elvis and Oh yeah, Beach Boys and all that, whatever. Oh yeah, I mean, there was like I mean, I would say it's made movies about it since then and all that, but like so many of those. Uh, it was Sweet Little Sixteen, right, in Surfing yeah, USA, yeah. And, you know. Sure. And, but and uh, uh, yeah, all all Elvis sure. stuff was yeah. you know all. At least that was all, you know, I'm sure that the songwriters didn't get properly, yeah. you know, rewarded, but that was, uh, all of his stuff was covers. You know, the big, the, the one that really got me was the, uh, the uh, Crescent City Blues and the Folsom Prison Blues. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I don't think I know Crescent City. Yeah, uh, Johnny Cash evidently heard a song called Crescent City Blues on this album that was like a uh, it was almost like an, uh, uh, a mini kind of uh, almost like a radio show kind of record and you have to you have to pull it up on YouTube yeah. it's on YouTube and the song it's like I hear that train it coming rolling sure. out and I ain't kissed my baby since I don't know when yeah and he just took it and put his own words to it yeah there's a <clears throat> there's another one I think of as um um, oh, I don't have any uh, connection down here oh, in the basement. Like, are, you, are you looking for Crescent City Blues? Or? I was going to pull up uh, this guy, uh, Jake Holmes, has a song called Days and Confused, and it was a very similar story. Oh, okay. Uh, that um, apparently the, he opened for the Yardbirds, and uh, um, Jimmy Page heard the song. Oh wow! And then all of a sudden, like the next thing Jake knew, uh, his song was cut on a yeah. on some record. He's like in the military or something oh. and things, and working and, his ass off. And, and he's <laughs> like, but, but yeah, he uh, it was a already hit before he even you know knew about that. It, somebody Led Zeppelin had cut it and stuff, and but uh, I thought that was kind of a crazy story. That, yeah, you know, like he, but uh, his is way different. Obviously, Led Zeppelin like. Turned it up to eleven and yeah, that's that's but, the thing you know. Yeah. It's, it's there's only so many, especially in the, the the kind of the folk rock country you know blues realm. Mm -hmm. So you you know you kind of sure yeah. Uh, I don't know that stuff's like I said. I'm I'm a kind of a, a history buffer that stuff for music and things mm -hmm. like it's uh, that whole conversation fascinates me like learning all that stuff. But uh, but yeah, we, we I'm sure we can go on for days. Oh yeah, yeah. This, <laughs> you know, but. Uh, but again, uh, we do uh, want you to come on out on May 11th. Uh, come see Pierce live at uh, Driftwood in St. Charles, Missouri, from 8 to 10 for this uh, EP release party. Uh, are we? Is there a proper name for it? Or are we just calling it Pierce Crest? Pierce Crest. Yeah, yeah, it's just a self-titled EP. Yeah. So. Nice. And uh, this will be again available uh, for purchase that evening and. Uh, but it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun night for sure. Yeah, it'll be a real good time. Driftwood's a cool spot, and if you're in the market for a cool vintage uh, instrument, bring bring your pocketbook. Pete there will sell you. He'll sell you one. He'll sell you one right. Yeah. Right there during the well, not during the show, but <laughs> in right. between sets after the show, before the show, he'll 
Yeah. He is, yeah. So he'll he'll be open for business. All right. And he, like I said, BYOB, uh, and food and everything. So yeah. whatever, whatever you want to Whatever you want to consume. That's, I think that's cool, too, uh, just to kind of, you know, takes. You can come and have dinner and a show and yeah. have a good time. Yeah, have a real good time. So, uh, again, find everything else, Pierce, on uh, Facebook, Instagram, piercecrafts.com. And, uh, man, I thank you so much for doing this. Oh, well, thank you, Shane, for it's having been, me, It's been a lot of fun getting to, getting to chat. So, yeah. uh, I appreciate you taking some time out to hang, and uh, let's do it again soon, man. Yeah, let's do it. Thank you very much, sir. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Podcast. Rock, paper, podcast. Rock, paper, podcast. Rock, paper, podcast. Rock, paper, podcast. Well, yeah, that was it.